This is the Mark Milton Show with a Smash with former Department of Justice Tax Division trial attorney Mark Milton and the Smash on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. I should have been a cowboy. I should have learned to rope and ride. Wearing my six shooter, riding my pony on a cat and drive. All right, yeehaw. You're listening to The Mark Milton Show with the Smash, broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios, presented by STLTaxLawyer.com. Smash is out again this week. I did talk to Smash. Last night, he's excited to make his return. We've got our eyes set on the weekend of October. I guess it's the 8th, 9th, and 10th that weekend. Um, so we're going to be excited to get him back. He's uh, nursing uh, his his broken ribs. He's got th- three broken ribs, which I've had bruised ribs, and I can tell you having broken ribs has got to be excruciating. But he's up and at him. He's walking around, so we wish him the best. I don't want to find out, but Smash, if you're listening, relax, take it easy. We've got you covered. If you need an extra week or two, feel free to take it easy. We've got your chair waiting for you when you get back. We want to see you again, though, as soon as possible. See, I thought Dave was kind of kind of making a coup play there, just trying to trying to well, make Smash well, not come back. Notice they... how I said see. I didn't say hear. <laughs> well, today we have a very special <laughs> guest, my good buddy, friend of the show, Michael Soa, uh, who's the retail director. Senior Vice President of Town and Country Distributors, a beer distributing uh, outlet in Chicagoland area. Michael Soa, welcome to the Mark Milton Show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I know you're a loyal listener. Michael's probably downloaded more of these podcasts than, than anyone that I know. He listens every week, so we're grateful to have him on board. Um, and I also think he has a great perspective, not only from a business standpoint, huge sports fan. He's a big White Sox fan, so later in the show, we want to get his take on Tony LaRussa, the Chicago White Sox, the Central Cardinals. Division champions. Yeah, Central Division champions. And you've got the Cardinals surging. Could there be a White Sox Cardinals World Series in the mix? That would be pretty uh, pretty wild with the Tony LaRussa uh aspect there. Um but first, Mike, I want to talk about um the restaurant industry, the bar industry. You know, fall is underway. You're starting to see some cooler weather. People are getting out and about, uh watching football, you know, going to football games. Uh, what have you seen from the beer industry as far as, uh, you know, how the economy looks from your perspective? Well, uh, it's tough. Um, you just see so many of our longtime restaurants and bars. You know, we've had a number of them close out there. Um, mm. another, a number of them right now, it's just it's, it's such a combination of a number of things. So you have a supply shortage kind of across the board. You know, we're on the year, we're out 300,000 cases of beer and out of stocks. And that's just from our suppliers, shortages on glass, on aluminum, on CDL drivers, trucks, just there's the beer's ready. It's just sitting in the brewery somewhere because you can't get a driver out there. But at the restaurant bar industry, it's the same thing because they're, they're out of stock from stuff with that. They're out of stock on food. And then there's the labor shortage that shortage that you're dealing with where we have some of our best accounts that they – I mean, it's, the owners are, you know, they're working the kitchen. They're they're doing stuff like that, and they're doing everything they can to make make ends meet right now. But people are going in there, and they're literally telling them, like, look, it's not going to be the normal experience. Like, you're going to give us a little bit more time. And I, I think for the most part, I think most people who are going to bars and restaurants understand that. Like, it may not be the service you're you're necessarily used to right now, but um, uh, it's tough. It's it's tough for them to get by, and hopefully. Uh, with the unemployment kind of coming to an end here, we get 
uh, it, it wouldn't just obviously just pop back in the, in the, in the shape right there one week after, but and in the next month or so, maybe you'll get some more people out there looking for jobs and, and taking these and getting a little bit, a little better for that industry out there. Who's obviously been hit, um, as hard as any. Well, and these supply chain issues, I mean, I don't think there's an easy fix for some of that. When you're talking about production, um, you know, how, how do these people, I mean, it's, is it labor? Is that why you're seeing shortages of, uh, the, you know, the beer supply, the, the materials, do you think it's labor related? Is it, is it, you know, raw materials related? What's, what are you seeing from that I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a combination of, of, of all of that. You know, I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely a labor issue in terms of getting stuff from point A to point B. Like there's just not enough drivers out there. There's not enough CDL dri- truck drivers out there that are going from place to place. Um, but then I'd like, we know there's, a, we know there's a glass shortage. We've seen that with some of our top suppliers. We know there's an aluminum shortage. We've seen that with a lot of our top suppliers. So, uh, it's just kind of everything coming in. And I mean, it, it's not just the, the, the beer industry. I mean, it, it's affecting, it's affecting everything out there. I mean, you see, we, you guys are talking about on the show a couple of weeks ago, the, the new car industry is just, it's just crazy, you know, because we're waiting on these chips right here. There's, there's no new cars available. So it's kind of across the board right there. And, you're right. I the the worry is when does it kind of turn for for the better? So we'll see. We'll, well see. From, from a driver's standpoint, I mean, you guys, you guys obviously as, as a distributor, you rely heavily yeah. on truck, you know, drivers and and getting your product to the to the customer. Yeah. Uh, what I mean, I guess, are you guys short on drivers? And if you are, I mean, what are those people that were driving previously doing now? Are they just not working? <laughs> or have they chosen other professions? That's what I have a hard time understanding. That we've seen it with you know school bus drivers and. All these things. It's like, are they just staying home, or have they found other jobs? That's a great question. I, so, so we're okay because our our drivers are uh, a lot of our guys have been with us for like thirty years and stuff like that, and and they get they they get paid well. It's a, it's a tough job because they got to go. They they deliver the beer into all these accounts. They rotate it. They do all this stuff. But they we've had we got a really good core of people. So we haven't lost any, we haven't lost any drivers um, the, uh, going to our accounts there from the supplier level coming to us, um, which obviously those suppliers, they just, you know, uh, they just put that out there. Um, well, and from a restaurant they, standpoint, I guess also i I look at our, our own personal habits. I mean, before the pandemic, we were, you know, we ate out a lot, even with the kids, which it sometimes is a nightmare to take your kids out to eat, but I think it's important to try to get them understanding how to behave in a restaurant, those kinds of things. And honestly, like, we just kind of got accustomed to like, if we're going to order food, we order it at a restaurant, take it home and we eat it at home. Cause it's easier with the kids. And it's just like you said, like the service is terrible. When you go to a lot of restaurants today, not at Rosalita's though, Rosalita still has outstanding service, but at some restaurants you can just tell when you walk in, Oh, this is going to be, this is going to be a problem. Like it's going to be hard to get our food. It's going to be, you know, a wait. And so it's just easier to take it to go, which obviously hurts beer and alcohol sales because that's where the restaurants make money. That's where the margins are. It it, it is, and and I do think the I, I do think the industry has has kind of changed forever a little bit. Like you know, I think we were already getting a little bit closer and closer pre pandemic, where people were ordering takeout, eating more, drinking at home, and stuff like that. And then COVID happened, and it kind of lit this match to the fire a little bit. So we've seen a lot of like we've seen a lot of people come back. Um, and let let's just tell it like it is like. You, you, you got, you guys know people, I know people who still are not going back to, to crowded bars, restaurants, sporting events. And at this point, I don't know, I, I don't know when they will, you know right. what I mean? But there's, there's other people out there who are, 
Um, I guess they would be like, ask me at this time next year, kind of mm-hmm. how they're how they're looking a little bit. But it definitely has changed where people are. I feel like they're like I, like I look at like my parents, like they never did a ton of like takeout orders and stuff like that. But now I think restaurants have gotten better at it, and the food is still very good and stuff. And the mobile so ordering's made it easier, of, yeah. as you know. I mean, yeah. that's my big thing is with the mobile ordering. We've had a lot of disputes in the Milton House over. Um, if you're going to place an order, if I text you yeah. to say, hey, I'm ordering food, my biggest pet peeve is not being as specific as possible because nothing's more it's- frustrating than when you get a response that doesn't sp- specify exactly what they want. And then you got to go back and say, well, tell me what, you know, do you want the, do you want the onions? Do you not, et cetera. But I will say most restaurants have gotten very good with the mobile ordering, being able to select, you know, your customizations and things like that. Um, which is great. The one thing I can't figure out is this Uber Eats thing. Cause I did an Uber Eats order. Uh, first time I've done that with Chipotle. All right. And we got like, I think I paid like half of our order in fees and delivery fees. Yeah, I'm like, uh, what am it, I paying it's, for it's here? Crazy. So I mean, it, I guess it's just great. Cause it's like, I, I, I order, we order from this one pizza place in Chicago a lot of times. And, um, they actually, I, I don't know who they work with, whether it's Uber or one of those like that, but they do a good job. Like it always arrives on time and wh- whoever they're doing is doing a good job, but there's like the place to tip on it. And I always, I want to tip the restaurant for the most part. Right. I, I, I ask for so many different things, like a bucket of ranch dressing to come along with this right here. <laughs> I want that money to go to them and I'll still tip the driver, but you, there's no option to do that. So right. And I've talked to give it. Yeah, we had Mike Duffy on early on in the pandemic. It's like, yeah, people are being super generous with tipping the employees, but really the, it's the restaurant owner who's who's getting crushed right now, and they're not really yeah. benefiting from the big tips that people have been giving. Well, that and, and that's the big thing because there, there's there's one side that, that's out that's going to going to restaurants and trying to enjoy themselves, and then there's the other one that, you know, you belabor the, the lack of workers out there, and it's like, we'll just pay people more. And that's not how that works in the in the restaurant and bar industry. Like most of these places are not just multimillionaire people that are just bringing in cash. Like these are, I mean, you mark you you, you work you work in restaurants. Yeah, like big country it, Texas Roadhouse that, from two thousand five <laughs> to two thousand seven. No big deal. Right. Hey, Dave, Solly, what, Solly's got something. Yeah, and not to mention too, I should add that let's not forget that not every job is supposed to be a career-sustaining, household-sustaining job. You know, 16-, 17-year-olds need jobs, too. But one thing that I found even during the pandemic, while I've never been much of a delivery fan, I get the need for safety, but I've always felt that it's important, especially for the mom-and-pop restaurants, to try to simulate the dining experience whenever possible. And I always Mm -hmm. found myself, even during the height of the pandemic, going out of my way to make sure that it was restaurants that do their own delivery, where if I am going to pay for the convenience, at least I'm giving it either to the hardworking staff or owner or directly to the person who performs the service. Well, and also pricing. I mean, like, I don't blame these restaurants for <clears throat> you know, increasing prices because labor's gone up. Yeah, the materials have gone. You know, uh, the cost of goods has gone well, up. The, the 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 food costs have have gone up a, a ton on on them right there. We we've stayed pretty pretty similar in terms of our our beer costs and everything like that. But ev- everybody else is just going up on them. And I mean, a lot of our places in Chicago just have like have like a note on the table. It's just like just so we're clear, like the the lack of chicken wing shortage is going to add a fair amount of money to your bill. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I went to a sports bar here. 
Uh, and I'm usually not a huge, you know, I don't get scared off by the price tag that often. But I, it would, they, I remember it was like, they were like, just so you know, ten, the cost for 10 wings is $25. That, at one point in the pandemic, I was like, what? That's, I mean, that's insane. But I mean, if that's what, that's what they got to charge to make money, then so be it. But I think hopefully that's, hopefully that's subsided a little bit. The chicken, I mean, that was crazy. The whole chicken mm-hmm. cost thing. It, it, it's, it seems like it has, but you know, when it, when, when it comes to food, I, I'm, I'm willing to put that aside during these times and make sure these people, uh, get the money that they deserve right there. Cause yeah, they're just, they're just scraping by. And like I said, we got so many long time, long time bars and restaurants that, you know, are just, they're doing everything they can to hire people, all these different incentives, whatever it may be. And just, it's, it's tough to see places that have been around like 30 years that they're just like, we don't know, you know, we don't know if, if we're going to make it to end of the year and stuff. And like you said earlier, now it's, now it's getting to the fall. It's getting a little cooler out. And we get to the point in, you know, Chicago land weather up here and St. Louis is the same, like where it just gets too cold. You don't have the outdoor patios going. You don't have that. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. And also, I mean, I think from a restaurant standpoint, it's, it's it was already hard enough to make money. I mean, you see turnover in restaurants before the pandemic and now you add, you know, difficulty getting labor, the costs. I mean, yeah, I don't think for a lot of people, it's like, it's not worth it anymore to try to keep fighting. And that's, what's really sad. And, you know, hopefully, um, others will, you know, replace those, but I mean, I, I'd be, I'd be pretty reluctant at this point to want to start a new restaurant or bar in this environment. So it'll be interesting to see how, you know, if those that do survive, you know, whether they can, you know, capitalize on that or not without having, uh, the, the additional options. Now I do know too, that amongst the shortages, beer has been a common one. And I know locally there have even been shortages of some of the major mainstream domestic products. Just what are some of the most creative solutions you found when you have been short on a product to ha- try to help your consumers, the bars and restaurants who you deliver the beer to? Well, it's it's, it's interesting because we're 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 at a point where I think early on in this, every you know you'd have like, hey guys, sorry, like we're out of we're out of Miller Lite bottles or something like that right now, and it, you you get that um, that anger from from customers and stuff like that, which is totally understandable. But as we've gone further and further in this with our grocery stores, with our bars, like everybody's out of everything. So now it's just kind of like a, there's almost like a, an apathy of like, eh, what can you do? Like, and we deal with our different grocery stores. I mean, they're, they're out of their produce, they're out of their chips, they're out of their soda, whatever it may be. It's just like, it's just kind of become the norm. And there's not as much like animosity going on in terms of that anymore. But what, what we're doing is, our big thing with the breweries was just let, listen, let us know when it's coming. Don't commit to something if you don't know for sure, because we are getting in a situation where we were just like, the truck says it's going to be here Tuesday. And I mean, we, we go through, you know, 20, 30 delivery trucks a day that come in that supply us right here, but they'll say the truck's coming. And then all of a sudden we'd look and it would say it's now delivering next Tuesday or something like that, because it's still sitting at the brewery because there's a driver, whatever it may be. So it got to the point where it's like, listen, that's that, that's okay. We can deal with that not having it, but we just got to know, don't commit to it because we were telling our customers, don't worry, it's coming, it's coming, it's going to be here today. You'll get it tomorrow, and then it makes us look bad, like we're lying to them or some other customer down the street got it and they didn't. So it, it we've really just kind of simplified it a little bit. Like when it's here, you'll have it, you know. 
All right, that is the beer king of Chicago, or should I say, I guess your dad, Big Lair, would be the beer king, the beer prince, the king in waiting, Michael Soa, with Town & Country <laughs> Distributors uh, in the Chicagoland area, filling in this week for Mr. Ben Ruby, who's out uh, with his rib injury. He's going to be back soon. Uh, we wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, I know Absolutely. Lady Chop Chop has taken good care of him and uh, talked to him last night. He's going to be back here, hopefully, in the Miller Furniture Studios very soon. Speaking of Miller Furniture, Dave, they've got a half-price sale that started this weekend, and it runs through October 12th. You can take half half off all in-stock uh, Smith Brothers furniture. Smith Brothers is one of the best American-made furniture brands you will find in America. You can get half off in-stock furniture. You can do custom orders, uh, which we've done for Miller Furniture in the past, and you get to pick out you know, your sofa, whatever design you want. You get to pick the fabric. I tell you, if you haven't been to a Miller Furniture showroom, you are missing out. And they have three locations, Belleville, Lake St. Louis, and now in Ellisville, 1.2 miles east of Clarkson Road. All phenomenal showrooms. So much to choose from. So much in-stock furniture. You can't believe it. They haven't had the supply chain issues that others have had because they rely so much on American-made furniture. And don't forget some of the Amish-made furniture as well. and Which is also American-made. Exactly. Because it's made in America. So check them out. MillerFurniture.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Furniture.com. This is the Mark Milton Show with the Smash. We'll be right back in a second.